hi. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Escalator to Nowhere, a Simpsons podcast with Robert and Caitlin. I'm Robert. I'm Caitlin. And I am a seasoned Simpsons fan. And I am learning. And we are continuing our way through the entirety of the series, almost now at the end of <gasps> season two. One more episode left. Yeah. So we are today at season two, episode number 21, Three Men and a Comic Book. Mm-hmm. And Caitlin is going to kick us off in the usual fashion with some specs. Yes. Um, three Men in a Comic Book. Aired, oh, I definitely just went out of order. Aired May 9th, 1991. The production code was 7F21. Written by Jeff Martin and directed by Wes Archer. Oh, what'd you do? You went out of order? I did the date first instead of uh, last. Oh, I see. Your your usual... Um... My usual order was mixed up. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's okay. Well, that's all right. Uh, okay, so um, I am going to read the Simpson or the uh, excuse me the synopsis from the Simpsons Wiki, which is Simpsons.fandom.com. Uh, if you would like to check it out, I would I would encourage you to do so. You can find the link in the description. So the synopsis for this episode is. Bart becomes obsessed with buying the first issue of Radioactive Man, but can't scrape together the $100 he needs to make it his own. Enlisting Milton, excuse me, Milton. (laughs) (laughs) Who's that? Enlisting, (laughs) right? Enlisting Milhouse and Martin, Bart is finally able to buy the comic, but ends up fighting with his two best friends over who gets to keep it. Do you know what a ship name is? A ship name? Yeah. Uh, It's like... Brangelina, it's when like oh, it's oh, a portmanteau oh, oh. of two names. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If Milhouse and Martin were a couple, their name would be Milton. Milton. Uh huh. Yes. <laughs> Brangelina. Is it Brangelina or Brangelina? Brangelina. Is it Brangelina? I always call it. I always said Brangelina. Not that I use that name very <laughs> often. Uh, although, if we ever have a daughter, we can name her Brangelina. <laughs> Great. Can't wait. You know what? We'll, we'll just name the next dog Brangelina. <laughs> It'll go well with our Revolutionary War general name. Yes, that's very good. Yes. <laughs> These Act- are my dogs, Knox, Jubert, and Bragelina. Bragelina. <laughs> that's like when I adopted Leo. Uh-huh. Uh, Leo had two siblings. Leo, yeah. Le- or Leopold, that's his full, that's his government name. Uh-huh. Leopold, Penelope, and Beanbag. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, poor little beanbag. Is that like that meme with the three dragon heads and like two of them are very serious yes. and the other one is like goofy? Yeah, but I, I have a feeling that this beanbag was not as goofy as would, Leo um, was. Would, yeah. <laughs> poor Leo. He's so sweet, but yeah. he's not the smartest. No. It's okay. Uh, I wonder I wonder what uh, Bradgelino would think about that. <laughs> is that is that is that name a tragedy? T- Caitlin for a short time was in a Facebook group called That Name is a Tragedy. Yeah, T R A G E D E I G H. There's there's a lot of tragedy names out there. Uh-huh. I had to leave because it was too it was taking over my timeline. <laughs> I was like too many, too many posts. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh But yes, if if you named a human that, that would definitely be a tragedy. <laughs> I guess. Um I have seen some, although, you know, everybody, we've talked about on the podcast before, like, everybody, like, had, like, the story of the kid named whatever, right? Uh-huh. Like, I, I think my, I think the one I told you was Shatid, which uh-huh. was, of course, spelled shithead. Yeah. Uh, and you had another one. Lamangelo and Orangelo. Yes, yeah, there you go. Yeah. Those yeah. were, that was an urban legend. That was not a real thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. Yeah, okay. Um, uh, I, I had a sort of version of that as well. From my French teacher, we had a French teacher in my high school who was just this weird dude, and the kids, 
including myself, I'm sorry to say, just like gave him the hardest time. Right. But I remember, <laughs> I remember him standing up there, uh, looking at the, at the. It was a we had whiteboards by that time, so uh, he was looking at the whiteboard, and uh, one of the students wrote something on the board, and he said, "Hey, how do you how do you pronounce that in French?" And uh, he looked at the board and he goes, "Le Monpi," <laughs> and. Uh, the kid who uh, I think his name was Andrew. He goes. He goes. Oh, because I would pronounce it lemon pie, and everyone has had a good old laugh at it. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, in Espanol, it would be pie. Pie. Lemon pie. Lemon pie. Pie is, it lemon? is a foot. Is it lemon? Limon. A limon. L i m o n. Oh. In what? We're doing Duolingo Spanish. Well, in I know. In, <laughs> Everybody. Uh, I don't know. I'm, tr- I'm trying to be at least able to say, uh, hello, where's the bathroom? Can I have more when we go on the cruise? That we yeah, encounter- we're going to go to Mexico. So Robert's brushing up on the I'm Espanol. I'm 1,000% sure that they will speak fluent English. But Oh, absolutely. <laughs> in the in the off chance that we have to You mean to on the tiny island whose sole source of uh Income? Income is the tourism of American cruise ships. Of course, they're going to speak English. I'm pretty sure that the island... It, the, we're talking about Cozumel? Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm pretty sure that like the cruise ship ports are like half the size of the island. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Anyway, let's let's talk about this episode. Yeah, let's get let's get going. I'm excited to talk about this. I like this episode. I knew that I liked this episode coming into it. I had never seen it before, but I did like it as yeah. well. Spoiler alert, everybody. Yeah. So hey, you don't have to fast forward to the end uh, to uh, get our official <laughs> right. Exactly. Our official rating. You can turn it off now. Please don't do that. Please this episode is a one. Uh, <laughs> so, all right. So let's. Oh, uh, let me pull up the Frank here. So we're c- coming up in the beginning. Uh, we had the chalkboard gag, which was I will not show off with Bart writing. Did you notice that he was writing in old English font? I did not notice that. I don't think I even noticed the chalkboard gag at uh, all. Let me tell you something. Um, that's a pretty good, Bart, because I have written in old English font before and it's tough. It's hard. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, yeah, like if you have never written with a quill and ink or a dip pen, you know, something with a nib on it a as opposed to... Pen. Well, a calligraphy pen, but I mean, just mean like it's not necessarily calligraphy if it's, anyways. Uh, I live in the 18th century, y'all, so I would not necessarily think of it as a calligraphy pen. But anyway, okay. all that is to say that uh, if you have never written with something other than a ballpoint pen, like it's just a totally different means of, of, writing uh like your the way you hold it is different the the position of your arm is different how you sit like in the chair is a different uh, is different and when i came to my current job many many years ago i had really really crappy penmanship and people would sometimes ask me to like sign you know their paper or whatever and it would just look it would look terrible so i spent like two years practicing my penmanship every night and now I have a very nice signature, don't I? Caitlin really loves it's, my signature. Uh, over the top and ostentatious, but <laughs> it fits your personality. <laughs> That's rude. <laughs> hey, uh, but anyways, yeah, I did try for a while to, and, and not try. I succeeded in uh, sending some letters and like making like little posts or whatever in old English font and uh, that's hard and I I don't do it anymore (laughs) yeah so there you go anyway we go through the roll through the rest of the credits we get the long credits here I didn't I didn't notice the couch gag uh, at all what was it oh oh yes I did it was a falling over couch gag we've seen that before oh yeah with the bottom like the boards on the bottom Uh uh-huh yeah yeah I saw it but I totally forgot what it was (laughs) yeah so 
Whoops. Well, we are, we're recovering. Today is the 16th of July that we're recording this, so we had a raucous St. Swithin's Day yesterday. Yes, we did. So many kippers. Kip us for breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm going. <laughs> and meme making. I made a meme. That, oh, that, yeah, that's right. Caitlin did make a meme. I was really proud of us because I had an idea, but I don't know how to do that kind of stuff. Robert Photoshop. doesn't do Photoshop. Um, and uh, I have many talents. To include farting songs on my hand mm-hmm. uh, and just <laughs> farting in general, uh, but uh, Caitlin nodded <laughs> with this like very like <laughs> with this very uh, uh, that was agreeable smile. Exhausted. <laughs> <laughs> um, and um, at any rate, uh, but Caitlin can uh, can work Photoshop, and so she made uh, she made the meme that you can. Oh my God, that was so loud. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> she. I have ice today. Do you, do you remember when Caitlin said, now that I've learned a lesson about having ice in my drink? Well, <laughs> it's Chick-fil-A ice. It's like good it, ice. It, it is good ice. Uh, so at any rate, um, uh, Caitlin made a, uh, a very funny meme, and I really uh, I really loved it. You can check it out on our Instagram, which is Escalator to Nowhere Pod. It's yeah. also on our Facebook page, the same. Yeah. So we open up on the scene here. Mm-hmm. And Everybody's in the car. Well, Marge and Lisa and Bart are in the car. Mm-hmm. Presumably, Homer is at home taking care of Maggie. Uh-huh. Um, and we learn that they're going to a comic book convention. Yes. Um, which is apropos because Caitlin and I were talking about maybe going to a tattoo convention. Um, but we're probably not going to be able to get We haven't told the people about our tattoos because no. we haven't recorded since we got them. No, we, we did get tattoos, but I've been holding back on it because they're not healed yet. Yeah. So, um... Forget I said anything. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> Didn't mean to blow our cover. <laughs> uh, so anyway, yeah, we we uh, we we did get tattoos, and we'll post pictures of those again on the Instagram. You'll probably like them. I think that you will. Um, and uh, at any rate, so we were talking about going to a tattoo convention uh, next weekend, but I have a thing I have to do on Sunday, and I work on Saturday, so it's looking like we're not gonna. No. It's okay. Get to go. I'm sorry. It's okay. I'm sorry, I failed you. Aren't you glad you know that now, listeners? <laughs> By pro- by providing for our family, yeah, I failed us. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, so uh, at any rate, um, the uh, they're urging Marge on to drive them faster, faster to the uh, to the convention because they don't want all the good comics to be gone, right? And so anyway, uh, we learned that um, Lisa likes Casper the the friendly ghost, although Bart calls him Casper the wimpy ghost. Yeah, shut up, Bart. I like Casper. <laughs> <laughs> Although, I don't think I ever read any Casper comics. I only knew him from, like, the cartoon. Yeah, I think I just had a recovered memory of a f- of a ghost book. It wasn't Casper. Uh-huh. Was it, like, Gus the friendly ghost or something? <laughs> I used to have little books when I was a kid. I really liked them. Is that, like, the uh, knockoff Disney straight-to-video t- straight version It's Casper version of if you Gasper. buy him from Wish. <laughs> pretty much did you read did you read comics when you were younger um no Uh, Uh yes it was gus oh gus was a friendly ghost Uh, um oh it was what it came out in 1962 by jane thayer jane Eyre. jane thayer oh um it was a series anyways um we can put him on the on the instagram so Uh you guys can see yep um Sorry, what was the question? <laughs> the question was, did you read comics? <laughs> oh, no, I really didn't. Um, I remember I, I like somehow came into possession of a couple Archie comics and a Dennis the Menace comic, and I read those. But other than that, like I didn't really 
read comics. Oh no, that's not true. I nope. had a I had a Garfield book too. Yeah, I well I would um I would look at like the Sunday funnies. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would look forward to that because my grandpa subscribed to the paper, mm-hmm. and he had, he got it every day. And mm-hmm. so on Sunday, I would dive into the the big role. Yeah, of paper there was and, a period of time where I made a I read some of the comics mm-hmm. in the especially in the Sunday because they were in color. Yeah, there. Uh, uh, speaking of Chick Fil A, I would go over there a lot um, in the mornings uh, years ago, uh, especially when I was still living down in Atlanta, uh, close to the close to the original one. And um, they would always have newspapers there in the mornings, and I would read the comics in the mornings sitting mm. while eating my little biscuit. That's how you got into the habit of eating, going to Chick-fil-A and reading the paper. You still do that. Or you yeah, did yes. when the dining room was open. <laughs> yes, yes, that is correct. And yeah. so um, at any rate, uh, other than that, yeah, I, w- I, had a, I had the Garfield Pulls His Weight book when I was younger. But I didn't really read comic comics. I did read Mad Magazine, mm. but I don't think that I would qualify that as a as a comic book. No, yeah, I, I, I do, that just wasn't anything that was in my wheelhouse, mm-hmm. like for an extended period of time. Yeah, do they have? I mean, there there are like girl focused comics. Uh, that's not something that would be much more like like. I don't think that would be something that would be as common today, but like in the eighties into the nineties, were there like, I honestly couldn't tell you. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I like read Nancy Drew and stuff. I didn't, I didn't comic book. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. <laughs> right, okay. So anyways, uh, uh, Bart points out that, um, uh, that the ghost of Casper looks an awful lot like Richie Rich. Mm-hmm. So he says, I think Casper is the ghost of Richie Rich. And <laughs> yeah, Lisa says, funny. Hey, they do look alike. Hey, look at that. Uh, Caitlin, you got your, got your little uh, character assertion there. Um, it notes that Lisa says, hey, they do look alike. Yeah, yeah. It, it's occasion. It's occasionally on the Frankie act, <laughs> uh-huh. but a lot of times it's not, especially when I need it. Uh-huh. Um, but <laughs> And then Lisa says, I wonder how Richie Rich died. Because <laughs> he's the ghost. Or because Casper's the ghost of Richie Rich. Is our, wait, I'm pretty sure that's Bart that says oh, that. Oh, shit. <laughs> See? Somebody says, somebody says, I wonder how Richie died. Yes, yeah, so, because then Lisa replies, perhaps he realized oh, how hollow the true. pursuit of money is and took his own life. <laughs> yeah, and then Marge from the front seat's like, kids, you need to lighten up a little, yeah. please. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Which I don't blame her. But like, I felt like this scene in particular, like, is Lisa like being Lisa to the max? Because uh-huh. there's a couple of times where she's... She's very wise for her age. Or uh, she says things that are very—I don't know what the word is. Like advanced, I guess. Uh, yeah, advanced, but also like she has a perspective on the world that's more mature than uh-huh. a typical eight-year-old. Yeah. So. So, uh, well, I mean, I guess you could say like a lot of what she says is philosophic, uh, depending right. on like what era of philosophy or what uh you know philosopher you're talking about right i mean here the reason i say that is because what she says here is kind of you know nihilistic sure uh anyway um so that being said uh bart then brings up radioactive man yes and so speaking of radioactive man he says you know he's very cool he always says he rules which is a phrase we don't use anymore uh and i used to say all the time yeah that was a very beavis and butthead phrase yeah (laughs) 
When was the last time I said that? I don't think I did, but I'll probably say it today because it's in my mind. <laughs> That's uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, he's, he points out, he says, he never pun- punches a bad guy without saying something cool. And Lisa responds. She says, he's no wittier than the next superhero. And Bart says, has a case and point ready to go. He says, yep. oh, yeah, look at this. He knocks the guy into the sun and then says, hot enough for you. And then Lisa, and I guess in an unexpected way, especially considering the last thing that she just said. Yeah, that uh-huh. like that like tickles her. So she starts, she laughs. Uh-huh. And then she says she stands corrected. And by this mm-hmm. point, they are at the convention. Uh, by the way, I'm pretty sure that this scene here is the reason why when I was a little kid, I started using the phrase, I stand corrected. Oh, okay. <laughs> Um, I'm sure that I was using it incorrectly, uh-huh. but uh, either way, <laughs> I, I, I definitely remember like seeing this and laughing and right, using it. Right. So anyway, yes, they, we are at the convention. And we see a sign that they uh, it says like admission is, I think it's like $8, but mm-hmm. it's $5 if you dressed up. Yep. And they're like, oh man, too bad we didn't dress up. And then Bart, very superman like shoves his way into a phone book and comes back in a costume uh-huh he shoves dave shutton out of that phone booth <laughs> yes by the he way. does yes he does um, <laughs> so i guess dave's there covering the convention mm-hmm. needed, needed to call in a hot tip to the paper um and bart comes out as bartman yep uh they get up to the front of the line he uh the guy asks the guy that's taking the money for the ticket says who are you supposed to be and bart says he's bartman and the guy says, never heard of him, full price. <laughs> Let me tell you something. That shit would not fly today uh, it, because people show up as all sorts of hilarious things at comic book conventions today. And uh, like one of the ones that I saw recently, I showed you a video of, um, of, the, uh, of human resources for the Empire. Is that what it was? Or, I don't remember yeah, what she, you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, you do. She was walking around like issuing citations to people because they were out of uniform. Oh. She walked up to a stormtrooper and said that he missed or something along those lines. Oh. Uh, it was a very funny video, but right. it was not at all canon to... She had a shtick. A shtick. Uh-huh. Yeah, it was not at all canon to the Star Wars or to like that fandom's uh, universe. Right. Uh, and so, but it was an excellent, an excellent cosplay. Very funny. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I don't remember this. What? I'm sorry. <laughs> what is wrong with your brain? Are you okay? It, it fell out. <laughs> uh, anyway, my whole point in saying that is that people dress up as like as uh, minor characters or even made up characters mm-hmm. that they put into the universe all the time, uh, and they would not be charged full price in this particular scenario. Well, it was the '90s, so that <laughs> <laughs> sure was. Yep. <laughs> okay. I don't know. I don't know if that's a new thing or not. So. <laughs> Anyways, they go into the convention. Mayor Quimby's there for some reason. He addresses the crowd. He says, young people of Springfield, as your mayor, I'd like to welcome you to our annual funny book convention. And thank you for putting almost $300 into the local economy. Mm-hmm. Um, so he gives a little speech and uh, he, he starts talking about uh, radiation man mm-hmm. and then Jimbo yells that's radioactive man you jerk and then he says I stand corrected uh-huh. <laughs> um, so it basically he's telling the kids you know have a great time but you got to be out for by six for the Shriners uh-huh. did, did I ever tell you about the time that I went to uh, Dragon Con in I don't Atlanta? think so 
think so. Uh, for a while in my in my youth in my youthful days, I was pretty into Dragon Ball Z, uh, in the sense that I watched it every afternoon. Uh, I was telling Caitlin the other day that. Um, we what did we watch? Uh, oh, it was it was uh, Stranger Things. This is not a spoiler, anybody. Um, but in the more recent series of Stranger Things, they when they start to fight the the what's his name Vel- Vecna Vecna. I was going to call him Velcro. Uh, That's not it. And when uh, when they when they start fighting Vecna, they move so slowly, mm-hmm. and it's very annoying. <laughs> and um, at any rate, I told Caitlin that she would not enjoy Dragon Ball Z because like a couple of moves like Pokemon style moves right takes several episodes I'm yeah (laughs) no I'm that is not even like a joke like I'm pretty sure that when um uh Goku and Vegeta fought Frieza the first time the fight between those two just think of Frieza as the big boss she's got huge eyes over here looking at me (laughs) I have no idea what you're saying Goku and Vegeta in this case are the good guys Okay. Frieza is the bad guy. Okay. And when they fought, fought Frieza, I am pretty sure that whole fight took like a season. Wow. Like, like the whole season. That sounds boring. <laughs> I mean, it was not. Okay. But like like it makes sense in the in the way of the show. Uh, it just is the style of it, I guess. It's sort of like so I just watched a Netflix series called uh Thermine uh, Noai, which translates from Latin to the new Roman baths. And it's about a Roman bath architect who falls into the water and ends up in modern day Japan, which I did not know also has a like big bath culture. Anyway, every episode he falls into the water somehow and ends up in modern day Japan and figures out a way to improve his baths in ancient Rome. And uh, he does stuff like comes in and sits down and the Japanese people will give him food and he'll eat it. And like, if I were drawing a cartoon, the face that he makes and the sounds that they use, which are like these clashing sounds, uh, would indicate to me that it was awful. Like the food tasted terrible and uh-huh. was sharp and disgusting. But what they're conveying in, in this style is that, that it's good. amazingly good. Right. Yeah. So anyways, uh, yes. So anyways, I went to Dragon Con mm-hmm. and, uh, I don't remember anything about it. I expected that there would be a lot more like Dragon Ball stuff than there was. I think I was like ninth grade or so. The mm-hmm. only thing that I remember like distinctly from it was that there was somebody dressed up as some character and she had a very short skirt on and some dude was like walking, like <laughs> walking very close behind this person who t- then turned off the hall uh, and that's the only thing that I really remember from it. Oh. And it costs a lot of money to get in. Right. That's what I remember. They still do it, right? <laughs> yeah, they yeah. do. Okay. Yeah, they almost didn't, I think, for a couple of years because I guess the founder uh, has since been disgraced oh. for some Whoops. reason or another. I'm not really sure what it was. Mm. But uh, at any rate, no, it's still going on. I'm, every year, people down in Atlanta are like, Dragon Con, I'm going. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> nice. I've never been to a comic convention. There's no reason for me to go. <laughs> Um, so we are after Quimby addresses the crowd Uh we see Martin Martin has lost his Vulcan ear so he's checking in with lost and found Um, and then we see this other dude I can't remember what his name is hold on Um, we see like there's like an appraisal booth for comic or no I'm sorry is it Jack Tate it's Jolly Jack Tate yes Uh uh and he 
is looking at artwork for uh, people and he's like appraising it and saying, you know, if it's good or bad. It's all bad. It's all bad. Yeah. Yes. Um, but Otto's in line for Otto's it as there, well. Yep. So Bart here, something happens here. Bart's, Bart swoops in. Like, yeah, he, yeah. He like, like as he came into the frame, we see Otto standing there with his artwork rolled up in a yeah, scroll. Yeah, so Bart kind of comes out of nowhere, but there's also like a swooshing sound. Yeah, like, he's as like, if, as if he's an actual superhero. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, they greet each. Uh, Bart greets Otto, and he, Otto tells him that he has an idea for a comic. It's about a dude who drives a bus by day and by night fights vampires in post in a post apocalyptic war zone. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bart thinks that's pretty cool. And whatnot. Then we learn we've already. <laughs> it's true. I mean, he says cool, and then um, Milhouse and Martin come That's up to Bart. This is very funny phrasing. Oh, sorry. Um, excuse me for being precise with my language. <laughs> I don't know if that's right either. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, so Milhouse and Martin come up to Bart. They say, come on, Bart. We're going to go see Buddy Hodges. And we, we learned that Buddy Hodges is the guy who played Fallout Boy, the uh, sidekick to Radioactive Man on TV. See, I thought for a hot second when they said Buddy Hodges, I was like, oh, should I know who that is? And then it no. turns out, of course, I, I should not know who that is. You should know who Buddy Holly is, but not Buddy Hodges. Yes, I, yeah, I know who Buddy Holly is. Okay. They wrote a song about him. It was the day the music died. It was a very, fairly popular song. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know who was on the plane with him? The Big Bopper? Yes. And who else? Uh, Buddy Holly... Was Richie Valens? Richie Valens, I Richie think, Valens yeah. and the Big Bopper, yeah. Yeah, okay. Oh, look okay, who, look, look who's... who's <laughs> I mean, you didn't know that uh, that song was a Bob Dylan song, so I was oh, I trying had, to quiz you. I had already forgotten that song was a Bob Dylan song. So, okay. <laughs> you mean you mean American American Pie? No. Oh, oh um, it's Tom McLean, right? Yeah, it's yeah. Tom McLean. Um, what, oh, fuck. What, I can't think of it. Uh, <laughs> the one you were listening to... I don't know. And then I was like, oh, yeah, this is the Bob. So- turn, turn, turn. Right? No. Oh, to, to everything, yeah. turn, turn. Was oh, yeah. that it? No. <laughs> it was the Johnny Cash <laughs> cover of a Bob Dylan song. Oh. Oh, man. I can't think no. of what the song was. No, it, I'm not sure. It'll come to me. Okay. Anyway, so then we, cu- uh, we, get it, we cut out of the line, uh, the line scene, and we cut over to where they're going to... Uh, meet uh, Buddy Hodges or see him and but first they're showing a clip of Radioactive Man and it's a commercial for Laramie Cigarettes mm-hmm. I'm honestly surprised that Disney allowed this to be kept in well. uh, because we have a character who's actively smoking and anyway uh, Radioactive Man is there enjoying his cigarettes uh, Fallout Boy comes in and says, well, I wish I was old enough to smoke Laramie's. He says, sorry, not until you were 16. Yeah. You know, what's funny about that is that it was it was intended to be an age young enough to make it outdated, and now it's been outdated twice. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, uh, we end the uh, the video clip, and the, uh, openings, uh, the opener, the opening speaker comes out and says, It ain't me, babe. Oh, it ain't me, babe. Yes. Oh, yeah, I Sorry. didn't. Yeah, I didn't. I did not know that. Also, I really like that uh, uh, that Johnny Cash and June Carter Cash cover of that song. Yeah. Okay. I, was, I didn't realize. You're right. I did not know that was a yes. cover. Um, but anyways, that being said, the opening speaker comes out and he says, uh, 
You know, kids, I'm sure we'd all like to remember actor Dirk Richter for his portrayal of Radioactive Man and not for the sordid details <laughs> of his final years. That so, hits harder than usual uh, in these in these days. Yeah. Um, and uh, anyways, he says, so let's keep the questions tasteful, okay? And, and you, know, I, you know what this reminded me of? <laughs> This is I'm listening. This is a strange sort of story. When I was in middle school, uh, in my eighth grade class, um, and I think we've talked about this class before uh, on the podcast, but this was a different day. Um, we had one of the parents of this one of the students in the class come in to talk about Vietnam, and uh, before he came in. Uh, the teacher said to us, she said, all right, students, so what question do you not ask? And I don't think any of the kids were thinking of this, but she said, you do not ask if you killed anybody. <laughs> and I was like, I was sitting there, I was like, I was like, that was not at all what was in well, my head. Well, and you're like, now I'm going to ask. Well, now I feel like, like, now I'm, I was or like, at least wonder about you know, it. Yeah, like none of us asked, but I, you, know, no, you know, every single kid in that room was like, did this man well, kill anybody? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, anyways, uh, so anyways, he says, you know, let's keep the questions tasteful, okay? So how about a big welcome for Buddy, Fallout Boy, Hodges. And this very actor type looking uh, mm-hmm. uh, guy comes out. And I was like, I was like, this guy looks like he is. He's got an ass caught on. Yeah. <laughs> the the guy that introduces him kind of looks like Dr. Dr. Hibbert, but has a mustache. Yeah, maybe I think maybe the reason that line hit a little harder than it normally would have was because he sort of looks also like a the, Cosby. Yes, he looks adjacent. like a Cosby character. I yeah, have a tidbit yeah. about that. Oh, according to the wiki, uh-huh. this episode aired like the week after the Cosby Show finished like its run. Oh, apparently that ended. Wait, hold on. Like finished the series? No, I'm so sorry. Oh. I think. Uh, hold on, let me find it. Trivia, trivia, trivia. So uh, the kids are out here and... Okay, sorry. Oh, okay. So this, it was after a repeat of this episode in 1992. Mm-hmm. A brief tribute to the Cosby show aired following the end credits. Um, the Cosby show finished its run on April 30th, 1992. Oh, so basically okay. after a rerun of this episode. I see. <laughs> the tribute featured Bart and Homer discussing the quality of the show and its importance to Bill Cosby. So, oh, yeah, this this episode ties into that as well. Oh. But, uh, oh, well, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. <laughs> Which, uh, again, hindsight 2020. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But still, I, that's, that's an interesting tie-in. Yeah. Um, so anyways, uh, the first question comes from Milhouse. Uh, and he says, when Radioactor Man got injected with shrinking serum in issue 234, how come his costume shrinks too? And Buddy responds, he says, uh, I'm sure I don't know, but I did just finish playing Rum Tum, Rum Tum Tugger in the second national touring company of Cats. Anybody see it? Nobody raised their hands no. because nobody wants to watch Cats. No, I do not. I, don't, I, I have never been angrier at having watched a movie than I was after <laughs> watching Cats. I think we've talked about it before. We, no, we definitely have. We talked about that and compared it to the 
the uh, stage version that we saw here in town. Right. On the podcast. I did not see that with if, you, but if, that's if, fine. If you, if well, if if you would like to uh, check that out, I'm not sure what what episode that was, but um, if you follow through the entirety of the series with us, you've heard us rant about cats before, <laughs> especially and, cats. In the movie. The movie was so awful, and you know the thing is like. What was amazing about the movie was that, like, I went into it knowing it was awful. But it was so much worse. <laughs> and, I, and I went into it thinking, there's no way that this can be as bad as everyone is, is saying that it is. Right. Like, this has got to be, like, a group hate, a uh, Mandela hate effect, maybe. <laughs> uh, uh, but... But it was. It was. It was awful. Like there was so much bad about that movie. So much. So many bad things about that movie. Like you cannot. You really cannot pick out one and thing. It has Judy Dench in it. Even she couldn't redeem this yes, movie. Yes. I mean, the cast was pretty good. But anyway, I, I mean, this is this is old news at this point. Yeah, but I mean, it was, it's just like it's just like it just goes to show that. The old saying, right? You can't polish a turd. Well, and, and just because it's popular doesn't mean it's good. Yeah. I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm, yeah. And, and, you know, in fairness, it works in reverse as well. You know, True. just because it's popular doesn't mean that it's bad either. Right. Which I am, I personally can be a subject to. In my, you know, I will, I will poo-poo on something just because it's popular sometimes, and I should not do that. Right. But, not at least until you consume a part of it. Yes. Yeah. Um, however, in this case, that movie was god-awful. <laughs> and yeah. uh, and that's what we have to say about it. So hopefully... This is an anti-cats podcast, except we do love cats. We just don't like the play we or have the movie. T- we have two cats. Andrew so Lloyd Webber's cats. <laughs> <laughs> Anti-Andrew Lloyd Webber's I wonder cats if he. I wonder if he has <laughs> pet cats that he is named after characters in the show i do you think he has a cat named mr mistopheles <laughs> i hope he I does i can't imagine like having to say mr mistopheles every time hey, I, mr. Mistopheles. hey mr mistopheles <laughs> although well, i guess that rolls off the tongue a bit easier than rum tub rum tum tugger <laughs> yeah that's hard okay now you got you just call that cat rummy that's what. Yeah. <laughs> that's how that works out. Yeah. Anyways, um, then Bart uh, provides us. Thank you, thank you, Bart, for providing us a little more insight into what mm-hmm. actually happens with Dirk Richter. Yep. Because Bart raises his hand next and says, "Do you think the ghost of Dirk Richter haunts the bordello where his bullet-riddled <laughs> body was found?" Ah. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, Bobby. What? No, that's not his name. Um, what's his name? Buddy. Buddy. Uh-huh. Buddy Hodges. I went to school with someone named Bobby Hodges. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, Buddy Hodges starts crying, and he says, Dirk uh-huh. Richter was a beautiful man. Can't you little vultures leave him alone? Yeah. yeah. And, he's, and he's up there crying, and yeah. that's, that's the end that's of the pretty scene. Much, yeah, that's it. This, um, you know, this is not the only scene where, where we will see uh, Simpsons characters at a convention, a, a, a mm-hmm. comic book or a Star Trek convention, a Has, franchising convention? Yeah, a, 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 yeah, a franchising convention mm-hmm. as well. But like, uh, what I mean to say is like, this is not the only scene where we will be at a convention and these the characters. Uh, it's the um, it's the college kids, um, the same ones from uh, Homer Goes to College. Uh-huh. In another scene, I'm thinking in particular, who are harassing the person at the podium. Uh, and just being like being jerks, overly nerdish, yeah. <laughs> and annoying about it. Right. So, anyways, um, they make they make Buddy cry, and then we cut, and the kids are looking into. Uh, this is uh, Bart and Nelson in the moment, mm-hmm. uh, looking into a glass case. Uh, they're looking at the old Radioactive Man comics. We have number seventy-two. Mm-hmm. We have um, 
number nine. And then we pan back, and who do we see? But comic book guy. guy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, This is his first appearance. So welcome. Welcome to the club, comic book guy. Yep. Um, He tells Nelson and Bart, he says, I'll show you something very special if you promise to put your grubby little hands behind your back and keep them there. As he is licking his, th- his yeah, fingers. Yeah, he's like he's eating. eating. Yeah. He's eating something. I don't. I didn't. I didn't pay attention to what it was, but yeah. Anyway, yeah. So he, he even though he's licking his fingers, he says, "Keep your grubby little hands back there." Yes. Anyways, he opens up a case and or a, this is a suitcase. Yeah, uh, like it's a, a locked briefcase situation and uh, opens up and shows them and pow look at here what do we got radioactive man number one yep um i think it was bart that says i bet it's worth a million bucks Uh and and um i'm gonna call him jeff (laughs) (laughs) i'm kidding uh comic book guy says yep but i will let you have it for a hundred dollars yep because you remind me of me yeah so like that's a pretty good deal you know something's worth a million dollars for a hundred bucks yeah go for it yeah uh we find out that the only thing bart has is thirty dollars yep so he's not going to be able to get it um uh, Mr. Albertson is 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 really really well known uh, for not cutting anybody deals, right? Uh, and so obviously, though, you know, seventy percent off would be quite a deal, <laughs> right? Right. Uh, anyway, so uh, Bart wants it, can't have it, and he even goes so far as to say, "Until this moment, I never knew why God put me on this earth, but now I know to buy that comic book." Yes. So. <laughs> Then we the the uh, convention kind of is at its end, yep. and we see the Shriners driving into the yes, convention. Yes, we get a, we get a nice little callback to what That's was so said earlier. <laughs> so I don't know if you remember this. We went to a minor league hockey game. Uh-huh. Uh huh. This has been a number of years ago, and during one of the intermissions, I I stayed behind, but everybody else like went to the bathroom, went to get beer or food or whatever. Yeah. And I'm sitting there in our seats, and there well, like we were with a bunch of people. Uh huh. And the next thing I know, I look out on the ice and there's fucking Shriners in tiny little cars driving all around the ice. It was the funniest thing I have ever witnessed. (laughs) It was so funny. But nobody was there to see it. And it was like, God damn it, they're not going to know. But finally, one of our friends came back. I'm like, look, look, look. look." It was very funny. I filmed it. I I didn't know that. Shriners in tiny little cars hit your funny bone so hard. It is, it's funny. Like, grown-ass men in tiny little cars. Uh-huh. Like, I mean, it's just, like, what's not to love about that? I, you know what? I'm not going to argue. I Thank you. Like, okay. We used to go, when I was young, uh, we used to go, I would look forward every year to the Shriner Circus. Did y'all have the Shriner Circus come through here? No, we just yeah. had Barnum and Bailey. Yeah, so like I actually remember when I was little being disappointed going to Ringling Brothers, and the reason is because when I was young, the circus that I remembered always was the Shriner Circus, oh. and it was much more of a carnival style uh, setup. I mean, they had like a circus tent and whatnot, but uh, of course, outside the tent they had rides. That's mm-hmm. where I rode my first Gravitron. Oh, uh, which if you're not familiar with Gravitron, it, you've seen them before. It's the little spaceship that spins around, and you know your feet come off the ground and all that sort of thing. Um, I remember. Uh, I remember that was where I saw my first double Ferris wheel. Um, and I'm pretty sure that I saw a zipper there as well. Wow. Um, yeah. So, 
remember, did they have, was it in a tent? The, the circus. I mean, the circus part, the acts. Yeah, oh. they were in a tent, but okay. like the it was it was very it was much, like a carnival situation. Yeah, I, w- I would compare it much more to a state fair than I would like okay. a circus. Yeah. So when I was a kid, the circus literally came to town, uh-huh. and they like put up the big top, and we went to the circus in the big top. Uh-huh. Um, I remember being really sketchy. <laughs> <laughs> As you might imagine, like they had the sideshows and all that yeah, kind yeah, of yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and and they they really tend like they. I mean, they're traveling shows, and these people are not rich, and all this sort of thing. And like, right. And so, like you know, they they tended to be uh, sketchy. Yeah, and, it was like um, and kind of dirty. Like everything is just kind of yeah, dirty. Yeah, it was like and, that one season of um, um, American Horror Story. Yeah, or uh, yeah. you know, um, Carnival, the uh, yeah HBO show. Yeah. Very much along those lines. Yeah. But um, I remember being disappointed the first time that I went to Ringling Brothers, which was, you know, uh, a huge deal. Like, we were going to go. We were going to see the circus. I'd but seen you the commercials. You didn't have any, you didn't have any rides. Or yeah, there were no to... rides. And even though they got me, I think I remember them getting me, like, a souvenir cup. Uh-huh. And uh, maybe... Probably a... got a snow cone in it. That's, I, that's what I what? used to get. I, yep. I yep. think it was a snow cone, It was actually. one of those insulated plastic it, yes, mugs. Yes, it was. Yep. Yes, yeah. Wow, I, w- yep. I could not remember what the what the cup looked like until you said snow cone, and then yep. yeah, there it was. Um, it was white, had the logo on uh-huh. it, and um, the handle is probably like red or. Whoa, something. Whoa, y'all! My brain is like blowing up <laughs> over here, like, <laughs> like I all of a sudden just remember it. Anyways, um, all that's to say that you know there were no rides at this circus, and so and of course we weren't rich people, so we sat in and this was you know this was in Atlanta, so like we were in whatever big arena, uh, probably the Omni, I'm guessing, back when it was still around, what was eventually replaced by Phillips Arena, um, which is no longer Phillips Arena, I don't think. Anyways, all that's to say that uh, it was a big place. And, yep, that's yep, the one. That's the one I that's had, too. Um, so all that is, oh, God, I've said this phrase like 40 times, so I'm going to say it again. All that is to say that uh, I enjoyed going to the circus when I was little. <laughs> um, I did not because I was scared of clowns, oh, but right. my parents yes, took yes. me. Anyway, I was scared to death of clowns, but I really love like looking at the clowns. <laughs> like um, somehow we had gotten a book and I like knew all the names of all the clowns in the, in the circus. What? Really? Yeah. And then I am astonished my that- parents, yeah. My parents took me and I freaked the fuck out. <laughs> hey, did you hear that, uh, uh, just to put a button on this, the uh, Ringling Brothers, which of course famously a couple of years ago stopped their touring circus, mm-hmm. is coming back. Coming back. Yep. Yes. Uh, and But without like animal acts. Yes, it'll stuff. be sans, sans animals, which is fine. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm pleased to see that they have... Uh, relocated all their animals to their sanctuary down in Florida. Uh, and so I'm, you know, I am just happy that, you know, I can hopefully like with our, with our friends and their kids and all this sort of thing, like maybe be the cool uncle that takes kids <laughs> takes to, the them to the circus and yeah. uh, buys them their little books so they can memorize all the clowns names. Yeah. I listened <laughs> to an episode of my favorite murder about the circus fire that happened in Connecticut in the 1940s. That's pretty fucked up. What? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so what happened? Um, somehow the tent, like, which they had waterproofed with a flammable liquid. I can't remember if it was, like, kerosene, some kind of oil. Uh, it caught fire, and it became, like, a, a 
stampede basically of people and like is is kerosene a waterproofing agent i don't know if i don't know if i'm right about that but anyway essentially like the tent was coated in flammable liquid to waterproof it Uh and it caught on fire and it became it was like a big event (laughs) charles nelson riley was there was he really (laughs) when he was a little kid yeah oh my goodness yeah apparently like that was like one of the like talk about your core memories that was one of the memories that like stuck with him and he used to talk about it in his act wow mm-hmm. wow that's, i'm sure th- you can google it i'm sure there's tons and tons of information uh-huh. out there uh so anyways we're five minutes into this episode uh <laughs> and 45 minutes into our episode so yeah. they're back in the car mm-hmm. homer is with them now so presumably marge just dropped the, the kids off and they came back and got them later yep. so the whole family is in the car and uh marge says hey did you have fun and uh, Lisa says, guess what? For a dollar, a man sold me 35 Caspers and a dozen Lois Lane. Well, that's a good deal. Uh-huh. And Homer says what every <laughs> what every man has, has thought. <laughs> he says, oh, I never saw what super, knew what Superman saw in her. Give me Wonder Woman. Yeah. <laughs> this is described on the... On the Frankiac as a lecherous growl. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And then um, Homer says, hey, what does everybody say about dinner at Krusty Burger? Yes. And they're all very excited. Uh-huh. The wiki says that this is the first appearance of Krusty Burger, but it is not the first appearance of Krusty Burger because Homer goes in a previous episode. Mm-hmm to Krusty Burger when he's supposed to be going doing something important and I don't remember what episode it oh. was so was it was it named as Krusty Burger I think so because oh. he orders a Krusty Burger oh okay well, yeah. fair enough um and so anyways the uh the family is going to head over to Krusty Burger and then Bart says oh Homer you really are a sport taking us out oh before we say this Homer says my treat who else's treat was it going to be <laughs> I mean, Bart has $30. That's true. And yeah. I, I actually was going to say uh, in Homer versus the City of New York, Bart offers to pay for everyone's bus fare. Oh, right. <laughs> um, but anyways, Homer says, my treat. And then Bart starts to butter him up. He says, oh, all right, Homer. Wow, you really are a sport, Dad, taking us out to a fine restaurant like Krusty Burger. Yeah, and Homer Homer sees right through that. Oh, yeah. And he's like, okay, what do you need? What do you want, yeah, essentially? Yep. I need $100 for a comic book. A hundred bucks. This made me laugh. He goes, a hundred bucks for a comic book? Who drew it? Michael M- Melangelo? <laughs> it was very much a trampoline McGaggy sort, yeah, uh, yeah. sort of moment there. Maybe, you know what? Maybe Homer's dyslexic or something. We shouldn't make fun. <laughs> I mean, it's still funny. Yeah, that's <laughs> um, true. But Homer then says... Um, well, Bart begs again, you know, I want this more than anything in the world. And then Homer says, well, T.S. What do you think T.S. stands for? Uh, <laughs> this this is another dated... That sucks. <laughs> I thought you were serious for a second. No. <laughs> <laughs> Tough shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's really... Like, I wonder if this is an example of maybe The Simpsons just trying to be a little more pushing, edgy. Pushing the boundaries a little bit. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know... Because I honestly, I was like, did he just say that? And then, yeah, yes, I'm, yes, he did. Yeah. And and also, like, why? Like, I feel like, you know, t- frankly... And I... Listen, if, you, if you've listened to this podcast, you know that I don't have any uh, aversion to cursing. And we've actually talked about how I think language is just language. Mm-hmm. But um, anyway, it just seemed like... Something else like like even like tough cookies 
would have fit in there right. a little easier. Well, but anyways. I don't know. So, uh, Homer and Bart then go into a familiar old gag where mm-hmm. Bart keeps saying, please, Dad, no. Please, Dad, no. Please, Dad, no. Please, Dad, no. Mm-hmm. And, and eventually, Homer says, no. Now, look, son, we all know that usually when you bug me like this, I give in, so I'm not mad at you for trying. That is that is an astute observation, Homer, mm-hmm. and fair of you to bring up and say. Um he says, I'm not mad at you for trying. It shows you've been paying attention. But we all know I'm not going to give you $100. Now, are you going to stop bugging me? Homer turns it right around on him. Uh-huh. No. Are you? No. Are you? No. Are you? No. Yeah. No, 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 no. And then back and forth. And then back eventually and Bart says, okay. And then... Homer celebrates him. <laughs> yes. He, he's winning. I win. And, and he like, he's like, in your face. How do you like them, Apple? <laughs> he is like totally... He's rubbing it in. Yes. And... You know, Marge steps in and she's like, "Okay, Homer, don't gloat." Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, he uh, when she does that, lit- Homer literally has his hands up like deer antlers off of his ears and his tongue sticking out, nanny nanny boo boo style. Yeah. Uh, it uh, it was a funny moment. I laughed at that. Yeah. So this is when Marge is like, "Hey, you know, when I was your age, the one the one thing I wanted more than anything in the world was a child size electric light bulb oven." Mm-hmm. An easy, easy bake, bake oven. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, my parents wouldn't give me the money, so I went to my sisters, Patty and Selma. And then we got a flashback scene uh-huh. to little baby Marge and Patty and Selma, who sound unusual. Yes, they do. Uh, not- uh, noted, noticed immediately, uh, and I thought maybe it was a mistake, but it becomes pretty clear that it wasn't. Me too, yeah. 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 So, anyways, they say in what are just normal ch- like little girl, girl voices. voices. Yeah. yeah. We'll give you half our allowance, but you have to be our slave. And and Mar- Marge, Marge agrees. agrees to it, yep. and she says, "They then they say this gives gives us a lot more free time." And then um, they let's take up smoking. <laughs> let's take up smoking. So this this was the origin story of Patty and Selma's nicotine addiction. Yep. And so Marge, you know, continuing to tell the stories. I worked and worked while my sisters smoked and smoked. This is over a time period of months. Uh-huh. And then in the very next time we hear them speak, they have they their, sound normal. They yep. have their raspy, yeah, normal voices. Yeah. And so eventually, uh, Marge gets her easy bake oven. Yep. And she uh, she says because she worked for it, all the light bulb warmed treats always tasted extra good. Uh huh. I definitely had an easy bake oven. Yeah. And I do not remember anything t- tasting particularly good. Yeah. However, I did make a birthday cake for Jesus one year. <laughs> <laughs> did you now? I did. <laughs> it was like this big. <laughs> it was very little. <laughs> and did he enjoy it? I'm sure he did. Oh, good. <laughs> um, I've heard you know there's a a phrase that one of our friends said at one point, and I've used it over and over and over again. It's that firewood you chop burns hotter. Uh-huh. Uh, and I have found that that's true. I found it's true in cooking as well. Like food that you like labor over, right. like really labor over. It just hits different. It just tastes better. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That uh, we, uh, I, I put together a little, um, sideboard a little side cabinet for us uh this morning he did and um which is unusual for me because i I don't like doing that kind of stuff and i do so normally i'm the one that does it uh but anyways i was up super early and i put it together and we moved all of our like liquor bottles and wine bottles over to it um and um oh shit what was i going with that it, you like it a lot because you did it yourself. No, it was oh, it's gone. Anyways, I don't, you were just bragging about that we have a new cabinet. <laughs> uh, I did some household work this morning. Yeah, 
Oh, shit. I don't remember. Oh, I remember what it was. It was uh, Caco Vin. That's what I was going to say. Oh, right. So part, part of the liquor that we moved over is some Cavassier, and we have it because sometimes I will make a fancy dish called Caco Vin. It's just chicken and wine, but it takes like two days to make, and you flambe it. And uh, there's just a little teeny bit of Cavassier in one of the bottles, and Caitlin was like, oh, we've got to make some Caco Vin. Yeah. <laughs> and so uh, there you go. Yep. That's my whole story. Um, But... You like the Caco Vin because you make it yourself and it tastes good. And Yeah, and it's really labor. Just to t- bring that back to what we were actually talking about. Yeah, but it's true. Like, yeah. I mean, It takes two days to make it, and you know, a lot of it is really just at marinating and whatnot. But you, like, you go through like four different, actually like five or six different pots. There's two sauces. Like It's, it's a lot. <laughs> but it's yes. good. Uh, very rich. You cannot make it in a light bulb oven. You... you You'd have a hard time, definitely. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So uh-huh. essentially, this is Marge's way of saying, "Hey, Bart, maybe you know, doing getting a part time job or you know, doing chores uh-huh. for money is is the way to go." Um. Well, or she says maybe a part time job is the answer, and then Bart says, "I couldn't ask you to do that. You already take care of Maggie, and Lisa is such a handful." And Lisa's like, "She means you, idiot." Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I, I'm really enjoying the Bart Lisa dynamic in the early part of this episode. Uh-huh. Uh, they are clearly siblings, like yeah. they bicker and, but they also find the same things enjoyable. Right. Uh, Lisa laughs at his joke, you know, earlier uh-huh. and she says, stands corrected. I, yeah. yeah. I, and, um, and, but here Bart is like, sort of like half ragging on her by saying you already take care of Maggie and Lisa is such a handful. Yeah. Uh, and, and I just, they just sound to me like kids, like siblings yeah. that are fussing, but they actually like really get the along well. The dialogue definitely like rings true to a sibling relationship. Yeah, I, I, th- I think so. Yeah. So, and then we, cu- this weird thing happens. Now, if you're not familiar with the show that they're mimicking, this probably uh-huh. seems really random. Yes. But... <laughs> Um, then we get a voiceover Uh and it's like, get a job. Were they serious? And it's like narrating the scene and you see Bart kind of like his wheels are spinning. Yeah. He's thinking about it. It's yeah. It's, it's basically a frozen frame and Bart looking straight at the camera here. Yeah. A la the wonder years. Yeah. Yeah. Now, if you didn't know, uh, if you've never seen the wonder years, that's not, it's not going to like hit well mm-hmm. uh but something i did not know that the wiki taught me is that um daniel stern of the wet bandits fame yes um is was and the narrator for the wonder years that, you can tell that we are like early mid 80s born kids because yeah. that is where I, th- I would wager that if you were born in the in the early mid 80s that is exactly where you go oh, if you yeah, hear Daniel of course. Stern. It's yeah. Wet Bandits. Exactly. <laughs> yes. uh, so he was the vo- he did the narration for The Wonder Years, which uh-huh. uh, was on from 1988 to 1993. If you're not familiar, it focuses on Fred Savage, who was... Uh, what's his name in that show? Kevin Malone? I don't remember. I think that's it. Anyway, it focuses on him, and like it's like a coming-of-age show but Uh it's narrated by his older self kind of like how i met your mother a little bit so yeah yeah sort of in that way and it's in it and and very famously like does this cutaway where he is offering context or reflection upon the scene that just happened right but we get a really great gag here because bart starts doing this the 
and the or excuse me, the narration starts, and Homer keeps interrupting. Uh, and so in this moment, we see I didn't realize it at the time, but a little piece of my childhood had slipped away forever. <laughs> and Homer leans and Bart, what are you staring at? <laughs> and uh, Bart goes, uh, nothing. And then they start drinking out of their their crusty burger Coca Colas. Mm-hmm. And he says, uh, he didn't say it, neither did I. But at that moment, my dad and I were closer than we've ever... Bart! Stop it! Sorry. (laughs) This is why I had turn, turn, turn in my head, because that is what's playing while this is happening. Also, another little tidbit about Daniel Stern. He is the brother of David Stern, who served as a creative consultant for 39 episodes of The Simpsons. Well, there he was you also a writer for nine and uh-huh. a producer for 12 episodes. So I had no idea. Well, dang him. Yeah. I did not know. Yeah. Um, Those Stern boys. No, the, <laughs> those wacky Stern boys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Always up to something. Yep. Uh, so then we cut to back to the house. And Bart is looking under the couch cushions. He's looking for money. I need some money. A lot of money. Yeah. So he's he's scrounging. He goes into the refrigerator and he's looking for empty bottles. Yes. They, they for some reason, have a giant, like... Carlo Rossi style wine jug <laughs> bottle full of cola. Yeah. Um, so he goes to the Quickie Mart and he turns it in and Apu asks him if he wants it to go towards um, a jumbo Jerry, uh, a jumbo cherry squishy. Uh-huh. And Bart says, no, I need the dime. Have we mentioned squishies before? Uh, yes, we have because okay. they get one in the telltale head. I oh, think. okay. Okay. Yeah, because it was a blue raspberry squishy. Ah, oh, very good. Yeah. Um. Oh man, where'd those dum dums go? The dum dums? Yeah. I threw them away. <laughs> <laughs> Kidding. <laughs> okay. We had y'all from Halloween, so I always buy a shit ton of candy for Halloween. Robert went to Costco unsupervised. Uh, and I bought five Costco sized bags <laughs> of Halloween candy, and it was way too much. And like, and the reason I buy so much is because like. I don't give kids a piece of candy. Like I give them a giant, like palm ba- palming a basketball size uh, handful of candy. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, anyways, uh, we had a whole bunch left over, and a great deal of them were dum dums. And so we the, were eating. a bag of dum dums sat on our dryer, which is kind of like our utility room. Yeah, for. Months. months. It was months. And, and I, I would always eat the blue raspberry ones when I came across them. And so That's why. Eventually, I, I was just like, all right, this candy's done, and threw, <laughs> threw it out. So Yeah. Uh, anyways, so Bart is going through. He, he, uh, he gets a dime back from uh, Apu. He breaks open a gift of some... It uh, looks like a shadow box with some coins in it. Yeah. Um, and uh, he goes to the... Like the currency exchange yep and he gets three cents for whatever those coins are um, yeah these are uh the coins of bolivia oh okay i didn't yeah. see that uh anyways and, and then he he resorts to a lemonade stand yep uh and lisa pr- approaches and says you know uh how's it going he says terrible car slow down to laugh at me but nobody's buying and so she has an idea. Yeah, she's, she's like, you, oh, you, you. Basically, she tells him you have to look more sympathetic. Yeah. She turns some of the letters around on the on his little booth, so mm-hmm. they look. They it looks like he doesn't know how to read or yeah. write or something, and uh-huh. it makes him look or maybe like a younger kid. Yeah. Um, and he decides at that point that he's like, lemonade sucks. I need a new product. And then he starts selling beer yep, for he, a nickel. Yep. He grabs the duff out of the. Fridge and 
makes a little sign, and it's a raggedy sign, Nickel Beer. Yep. And so all the barflies are there, and then Eddie and Lou come up and yep. say, hey, you know, uh, you got a liquor license there, young fella? Bart replies, my dog ate it. Uh-huh. They say, you got to have a license to sell beer. And Bart uh, immediately gets the idea to bribe them. Yeah. Says, writing those tickets must make you thirsty. How about a couple on the house? And he and they say, you know, seeing how it's your first offense, I guess we can overlook this. So they walk away with their beers. They, throw the cans in the they, road. Yeah, exactly. Littering. They drink it and then, yeah, immediately litter. Yeah. <laughs> and then Homer pulls into the driveway and, and he obviously doesn't know what Bart's doing. Uh-huh. And discovers that his beer has been... Sold and consumed. Yes, and in in Homer's usual fashion involving spilled beer, he's very upset. He is very upset. So uh, then we see Jake's unisex hair palace yep. where Marge is getting her hair done. Yep, and she's sitting in a special. What's those things called? They're the dryers. Dry, just a dryer. Yeah. Okay. Uh, they'll, they'll kind of like go over your head. Yeah. And um, anyway, he she's sitting next to him. And before we started watching this episode, I was thinking to myself, is the woman in this episode Mrs. Winfield? Mm, it's not. No, it's no. not. It's just, uh, I don't know her name, and I don't even know if she if she is named. Mrs. Glick. Oh, yes, she is. Yes, yeah. She, she is. And I have something about that in a little bit here. Okay. Um, but anyways... Yes, it's uh, it's it's myth, uh, Mrs. Glick, uh, and she is just a stereotypical, yeah, Mar- very old woman. Marge is tell- yeah, Marge is telling them about how much Bart wants this comic book, blah blah blah, and um, this lady, Mrs. Glick, says, uh-huh. "Oh, send him over to my house. I have a for- a few chores he can do." And then she goes, "Does he know how to mix whitewash?" Which is a Tom Sawyer reference, yes, I'm very, sure. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So the next thing we see is Bart ringing her door doorbell Uh and she goes oh you must be Bert Simpson yep and so uh she brings him in and in in very true old lady fashion asks him if he wants something to eat Mm -hmm. and everything she has to eat is gross sounds disgusting dried apricots uh almond paste sauerkraut candy candy. I don't even (laughs) want to know what that looks like uh and then Bart turns and sees an old World War II picture Mm -hmm. and says who is this and this is where I was confused because I did not hear them say Mrs. Glick. Mm. Uh, I I just heard something single syllable uh-huh. sounding. And she, he said, who's that? And uh, she says, oh, that's my brother Asa. Mm-hmm. He was killed in the Great War. And you, do you know where my mind went when I heard Asa? No. I thought maybe she was trying to, they were m- making a connection either inadvertently or on purpose to Asa Phelps who is the one who dies that launches the Fighting Hellfish episode. Oh. Which would be an incongruency, I know, but right. I just... But anyways, it's not... It, you know, it, it, or all we can tell his name was Asa Glick, yeah. right? Uh, and uh, not, a, when, not a parallel at all. When you said... Do you know who I'm thinking of when I said Asa? I was like, Asa Blanchard? Who was a silversmith in 19th century Kentucky? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like... It's yeah. definitely not him. How'd you know? He's Asa def- Blanford. Blanchard. Blanchard. <laughs> Actually, he had two names. One, He went by a name when he worked in Dumfries. He went by Asa Blancet, and then he moved, and he changed it to Blanchard. And I uh, want to know what he did. I uh, have a feeling like there's a story oh, there. Oh, yeah. Or, I mean, yeah. Or, or it could be also that, for whatever reason, that name was unwelcomed. It, yeah, I don't, know. I don't know, but I just find it interesting. People do that, you know, in ye old timey times, a good deal. They will, uh, if you're not familiar, dear listener, like people will purposefully change either the spelling and pronunciation, or even just the pronunciation sometimes of their names, 
uh, for the purposes of improving themselves in society through through no fault of their own. Mm-hmm. It just happens to be what their name is, and if it's an unwelcome name around town, like if you live in a little town and a guy named Bob Jones, uh, you know, was a real turd and everybody hated him, and you walk in and you're like, "Hi, my name is Steve Jones." Oh, you related to Bob Jones? Get out of my store. Yeah. That kind of shit. That's how the Jonas Brothers were formed. I'm kidding. <laughs> Anyway, uh, so we learned that Asa, this lady's brother, was killed in the Great War. Uh He held a hand grenade too long. Yes. (laughs) Which is very funny. (laughs) Like, Uh it's not funny, but it's funny. Um, Did you you notice? I mean, she says the Great War. Oh, yeah. He's he's wearing a doughboy uniform. Right. But our mind, you know, people say Great War. I think most people's mind would drift towards World War II. Yeah, no. This is World War I. It just goes to show, like, the age of this True. Uh, this cartoon. Right. So she says, great war. And then we cut to Asa. Yeah, you're right. He's wearing a doughboy uh, d- dough hat. Uh, and he says, Kaiser Bill. This one's for you, Kaiser Bill. Yeah. And he's like, special delivery from Uncle Sam and all the boys in Company D. And so he starts listing off names. <laughs> grenade <laughs> goes, in hand. Yeah. Grenade in hand. He's pulled the pin. He says, yeah, Johnny, Harrison, Brooklyn, Bob, and Reggie. Yeah, even Reggie. He ain't so stuck up once you get to, and then explosion. (laughs) Um, Very funny. (laughs) That was funny. (laughs) Yes. So anyways, um, Bart is uh, sitting in uh, Mrs. Glick's living room. She does a couple more old lady things. Yeah, she tries to give him some hard candy. It's all stuck together. And then she sends him out into the yard to pull the weeds. Yep. She says, you know which ones are weeds? And he goes, all of them. That's right. You see her yard at this point, and it's it's pretty like overgrown and and planty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so he's out there working hard. Uh, he's getting he's got thorns everywhere. Yeah, uh, hurts his hands. She's inside watching her stories. Yep. I believe she actually says she's going to be watching her stories. Her stories are different from my stories. Oh yeah, her stories are not murder documentaries. That's true. <laughs> I told Caitlin earlier. I was like, watch your stories. And I was watching I was a John Wayne Gacy stories. documentary. <laughs> Um, but anyway, so we've told you before on the podcast that we leave Knox's stories on for him when we yeah, go off. Yeah, he watches the CBS soaps. Yeah. <laughs> Young and the Restless and Bold and so, Beautiful. Anyway, so she, uh, she says a very funny line here, which has been made into a meme before. I've seen it. She goes, filthy, but genuinely arousing. <laughs> yep. Uh, anyways, he come, Bart comes in, he's covered in scratches from yeah. the yard work. So she goes, she gets the iodine. Yep. Puts it on him. It's awful. Yeah. Then uh, we cut back to the Simpsons kitchen. Bart comes in. Marge says, "Did you make any money? Not yet, but I'm. But I'm at least I'm in a lot of pain." Mm-hmm. And she says, "I think what you're doing for Mrs. Glick is very nice. Poor thing doesn't have anybody." Yeah, he, he says, "There's a reason the sledge sledge certainly collects around." Oh wait, no, what? sorry. There's says, a reason. There, yeah. And then the next time we see him at her house. She he is on the roof cleaning the gutters. Yep, and she's yelling up to him. The sludge certainly collects around the downspouts, doesn't it? It's disgusting. Cleaning the gutters is disgusting. Oh yeah, it's at our old house. uh, Caitlin's father bought us a leaf blower that had an attachment that was basically just this long tube that you could with a hook at the end that you could use to to blow out the gutters. Yeah, it's disgusting. It like rained muddy poop water it, all over it was uh it was like somebody it was like a compost tube up there yeah and nobody had cleaned it in a long time 
And that's, I mean, it really did. She's right. It just rained on me. Yeah, it was really <laughs> it was gross. Really, really awful. Yeah. Anyway, Bart's doing this awful work. And um, anyway, then they have to uh, wash Beulah, which we find out was her wedding dress. That and- she then dyed to become a mourning dress. Yes. <laughs> And uh, and then we cut to Bart after he's presumably done a lot more work for her. He walks past the comic book store and uh, out in the front of the store. Well, she pays him. Oh, no. No, no, no. Not yet. Yeah. No, not yet. Uh, after after they do oh, the wedding okay. dress, sorry, sorry. he goes out and he sees the comic book in the window and he longs for it. He says, last night I dreamed I held you in my arms. That's right. Okay, sorry. Then we cut back. To payday. Yes. Now, listen, listeners, if you have a very valuable comic book that you is one of your prized possessions that you want to sell for a lot of money, don't put it in a fucking window because it's going to fade. <laughs> That's all. You know, one of the questions that I have to ask you is about the conservation of this Radioactive Man number one and how people handle it in this episode. <laughs> uh, it's not great. Uh, so It's not great. We'll get to that in the uh, treehouse here in a little bit. Yeah. But uh, at any rate, uh, she says uh, they're back at uh, Mrs. Glick's place. Uh, well, it's payday. I'll wager you've been looking forward to this. Bart and his very innocent little boy. Yes, ma'am. And then she goes, here we are, two quarters. Yep. I love this sequence right here. It's something that I remember from being little and watching this uh, this episode. She goes, you deserve every penny. Um, now, I've told my girlfriends about you, and they have chores, too. And Bart is just brooding He's ma- He's mad. Two, two quarters. Mm-hmm. She goes, you didn't say thank you. And then he goes, listen, lady, I can leave without screaming, and I can leave without saying a bad word, but there is no way that I am saying thank you. And she, she goes, you're welcome. right back in. <laughs> you're welcome. Off you go. Yep, yep. Spend it on penny whistles and moon pies. I love moon pies, y'all. Um, Ugh. Have you ever eaten a moon pie? Yes. Oh, okay. No, I don't like them. No, they're good. Okay. Have you? Which one did you eat? Would you eat the chocolate one? Yeah. Did you eat the vanilla one? No. Did you eat a banana one? No. Well, then we got to get a chocolate It's a one. texture thing, Robert. Uh-huh. We, anyway. I, there, we, we, we're going to have to get some moon pies and try them out. <laughs> okay. I'm going to, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to make a moon pie grilled cheese. I'm going to put some American cheese in there and bread Now, on a, a grilled moon pie might not be bad. <laughs> I think the icing would fall off. Isn't it marshmallow? On the inside, it's marshmallow. Yeah. yeah but there's uh, icing on the outside. Yeah. Uh-huh. I don't know. They're like dipped. <laughs> okay. Anyways, um, nothing is better than a gold stale moon pie. Yummy. Um, anyway, so uh, uh, Bart is still brooding over this moon pie comment as he's coming in to see Homer. Uh, he says, you know, I've been busting my home for that withered old clam all week, uh, and I got 50 cents. And Homer says, hey, when I was your age, 50%, 50 cents was a lot of money. Really? Nah. nah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and he says, I've done everything I could. I only got 35 bucks. And he's like, I'm through with working. Working is for chumps. And, yeah, Homer, and this is a moment that Homer's like, I am so proud of you. I was twice your age before I figured that out. Uh-huh. Yep. Cut right back over to the Android's dungeon. Mm-hmm. And Martin is looking at radioactive man number one which has moved to the interior case next yeah bart to- first looks in the window and it's not there yeah and he goes inside and martin's trying to buy it for 40 dollars. oh yeah that's right it's not it's not in the interior case that's right yeah martin right. martin has made him go over there to get it so that right he can try and bargain bargain with him which we all know does not work with Mr. Albertson. Right. So he's uh, Martin's trying to buy it for 40 bucks. Uh-huh. Um 
he says no he's mad that martin made him get up off his stool for that we see here that martin has gone through the same uh adventure or same venture as bart yeah he said he sold seeds he visited his aunt in the nursing home he fished a dime out of a sewer (laughs) for god's sake yeah (laughs) um it's still that's not jeff is not budging nope and then bart walks up to the counter and says what do you want he says can i have it for 35 (laughs) uh that was very funny uh and we've learned here i did not i didn't remember this i was uh i did not know uh that jeff Jeff Albertson has a master's degree. In folklore and mythology. Yes, he does. Wow. (laughs) So um, at any rate, Milhouse then walks in here and he says, uh, I forget how to say this name, Carl Yastrzemiski. He's asking for a baseball card from 1973, the one with the big sideburns. And uh, the comic book guy makes him show him the $30 before he gets up and he shows it to him. He walks back. He says, here it is. And he says, I don't want it anymore. <laughs> well, it was at this time that um, Bart realizes that if the three of them pool their money, they can buy Radioactive Man. Yeah. And because of that, that's why Millhouse doesn't want the baseball card Correct. anymore. Uh, anyway, so uh, they have pooled their money. Bart looks at uh, Jeff Albertson and says, look, pal, we've got 100 bucks and we want Radioactive Man number one. So why don't you waddle over there and get it? Uh, and he's clearly excited for this sale. He says, yes, sir. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he goes over, gets it. And then we see them outside the front door of the store. And they're all looking at it. They've opened up the, uh, the plastic. The plastic. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. They're breathing it in. And uh, Milhouse says it smells like his grandpa. Uh-huh. Which, like, I feel like I can, I have an idea of what that old comic book smells like. Yeah, yeah. Not, not because it smells like a grandpa but just because it's an old comic book yep um and then we start to get clouds rolling in mm -hmm. Uh, bart notices oh looks like rain yep better get this baby home and And this is when they're like "Uh uh-oh who's gonna take this comic book yeah they all start to leave with their hand on the comic book and they all tug in their individual directions yeah yeah so then ensues like bargaining over uh Who's going to take it home? But they all end up in the treehouse at the Simpsons' home. Yeah, we. Uh, well, what we get here is that um, as soon as they get that tug, right, a uh, comic book guy leans out the door and says, uh-oh, looks like you bought more than you bargained for, laughs maniacally, mm-hmm. and then shuts the door, shops close, yeah. and boom, they're in the treehouse. Yeah, 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 so boom, they're in the treehouse. They're reading this comic book, and it's basically, well, it's not basically. It is the origin story of how... The guy, I don't know what Radioactive Man's real name is, how he became Radioactive Man. Uh huh. I don't know if he has a real name. Oh, okay. Uh, so but, he's not. There's not like a Clark Kent, Bruce Banner. No, I no. He's. I think he's always Radioactive. Okay. Man. Yeah. At least whenever we see him, it it is at least off the top of my head. Whenever we see Radioactive Man, he is actively doing Radioactive Man things. I see. Okay. Um, so we learn that he becomes radioactive because he gets caught on a fence and he can't move. And then an atom bomb goes off Uh and he becomes radioactive. Yep. And so this is his origin story. And, um, at any rate, uh, 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 
uh, uh, uh, Martin, God, <laughs> Martin uh, says, you know, I would have thought, you know, an atomic bomb would have killed him. And Bart says, well, now you know better. And here is where I wanted to ask you about their oh. treatment of the comic book. I see. I think, so what happens is that one of the boys, either Martin or Milhouse, tells Bart to turn the page. And Bart takes a pair of tweezers and holds them over a candle flame and then turns the page. I assume that's to indicate he's sterilizing the tweezers before yes. he turns uh-huh. the page. Yeah, don't do that. Uh-huh. <laughs> don't do that when you're turning pages in an old book. Uh huh. Because it will burn the pages. Oh. Those, I thought maybe it was because you would get soot on the pages. Well, that too. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so, at any rate, um, they... Uh, Bart says to the other two, he says, well, listen, you guys are welcome to come over and read it whenever you want. And this is when we start to get the argument yes. over where the, the the comic should be kept. And so Martin kind of devises this kind of crazy plan. He's like, well, Bart can have it Mondays and Thursdays. Uh-huh. Millhouse can get it Tuesdays and Fridays. And I will have it on Wednesdays and Saturdays. Yep. But that leaves out Sunday. Mm-hmm. Martin says that the Sunday possibility will be determined by a random number generator. Each of them is assigned, uh, you know, like. One through three, four through six, right. seven through nine. Right. Perfect. Well, what about zero? What about zero? It's unlikely. Um, in the likely event of a zero, possession will be determined by rock, paper, scissors competition. Best three out of five wins. How's that? Uh-huh. And then they're like, okay, fine. And you, it, you guys better write that down because yeah. you're not going to remember and it. And Martin then says, well, today is Saturday, so I guess I'll be taking my comic. And yeah, mm-hmm. and so it's revealed immediately uh, that Martin was just trying to get the comic home with sure. him. And they stop him, of course. Uh-huh. And um, he's, yeah, he says it almost worked, but tonight this comic book stays right here. Um and if the comic book stays right here, then so do I. Me too. Says They're, Martin. Says, yes. Says the no house. No me house. too. Yep. Yeah. So then um, it's a sleepover. Suddenly, there's a sleepover. That's right. Yep. And it's and it's all done in this highly suspicious. You know, it'll be like a sleepover. Yeah, a sleepover. That's what pals do, right? Real friendly, like. Yeah. Um. And uh, well, I really like the um. Uh. I I I really like the um. Uh, pathetic fallacy that is being utilized here uh, as as the approaching storm is coming yes. as they are discussing all this. Yes, stuff. you know, yeah. like we we see uh, we see storm and lightning uh, at the you know just as they get the thing into their hands. So like storms are brewing, right? right. And throughout all of this, like you know, up in the treehouse, everything is fine until uh, yeah. he starts to to leave. Yeah, as they're and, going through this, like the wind starts blowing, and uh-huh. um, Millhouse says he wants to read the comic again and they say that the acids in his hands could damage the newsprint and we want to keep this comic forever so the last one alive will have the honor of being buried with it Mm -hmm, that's martin yeah yeah um but yes he is right about the acids and the oils in your Uh hands (laughs) Uh uh-huh yeah so anyways they start to scuffle over uh over the comic of course and they get into a full out you know fight they're they're grappling with each other and then we see marge come up with uh milk and microwave s'mores yep they they this is very much uh, a theme uh, for the kids in the simpsons they they find themselves like in this these very high and intense 
situations, what you might consider to be adult situations. Right. And, but then an adult shows up and right. they immediately become kids this again. This made me think of Bart the General when um, yeah. they tie up Nelson yep. and he's on the couch and Marge comes in and is like, oh, are you boys finished playing war? Because yeah. to them, this is such a huge deal. But yeah. to Marge and Homer, they're just being kids. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and so anyways... Um, she she got up that ladder with that tray in her hand. That's she sure, impressive. She sure did. It's, they really. And are, we know the treehouse is pretty high. Yeah. So <laughs> they they move up and down. If you these fall steps. out of it, you break your leg. So that is also true. Yeah. If your um, epidermis is showing. Exactly. Yeah. Although they are on top. Bart's on top of the house in uh, Bart After Dark when he falls from there. So. Uh, who knows? Oh, but did either- we just watch that last night to celebrate since Saints with Wednesday? Yes, yes, we did. Yes, we did. I did not realize that. Um, so, anyways, um, the uh, the kids are in the treehouse. There, uh, Marge says, "Sweet dreams, boys," and they're eating their s'mores. Yeah. So then it starts like thundering, uh-huh. and the weather is getting worse. Yep. Um, <clears throat> Bart turns on a flashlight, shining it onto Martin, mm-hmm. who says one more. He says one more step, and you're a dead man. Yeah, I guess Martin. he thinks he's gonna steal the comic. Yep. And Martin says he just has to go to the bathroom. Yeah. So he's got. Uh, we. It's then revealed. It's revealed that Bart has his slingshot set upon him. As I think well. this is one of the first times we've seen the slingshot, if not the first. Is it? I think so. Wait, I think we've talked about the. We've slingshot We've definitely before. talked about the slingshot, but I don't know if it's ever like played a role mm-hmm. in the show. So, anyways. Uh, Milhouse wakes up. Bart tells Milhouse that Martin was trying to steal the comic book, so they tie him up. Yeah. And uh, Martin is stuck in the chair. Speaking of being tied up, Nelson, uh, Bart the General, uh, Mm -hmm. uh, Martin is now tied up and sitting in a chair. Bart and uh, Milhouse agree they're going to have to uh, take turns watching it. And so Milhouse says, I'll go first. Bart is immediately suspicious. Oh, I, that's your game, huh? Yeah. Uh, so Bart's getting increasingly paranoid yes. as, <laughs> as the night goes on. He uh, What he does here is he says, yeah, let old Bart get nice and drowsy. And then when his back is turned and he indicates to a brick that's on top of the comic book, wham! Yeah, apparently the, this uh, premise mimics the treasure of the Sierra Madre. Oh, does it? Yeah. I was a hundred percent sure that this was a yeah. reference to something. So, uh, yeah, them fighting over the comic book and them being driven into paranoia, mm. uh, reflects that. Gotcha. Plot. Gotcha. Yep. So anyways, um, they, uh, they start fighting Milhouse and Bart do, and then we get this really famous scene. I mean, at least I think it's a really famous scene. I've, uh, uh, I think it's in a, um, a clip show later on. Uh-huh. Uh, and, uh, Homer is sitting in the rumpus room. He is watching TV in his beanbag chair. Mm-hmm. It is pouring rain. And Marge says, hey, it's really coming down. Could you check on the boys? He looks out the window and it's just black and rain. Uh, yeah. Except for lightning. One lightning strike that hits that the tree. hits the tree. And he can see them rolling around up there. And he says, they're fine. Yep. <laughs> just being kids. Yep. Um, And at this point, we see the the plastic of the comic book sleeve open. Yep. The comic is kind of blowing around in the wind. Uh-huh. And then it blows into the like into the door jam. Simultaneously as they're do as that happens, Bart and Milhouse have rolled around enough that they move towards <clears throat> the door. And now Milhouse yeah. has fallen out the door. Uh, Mar- Bart has him by the the cuff of his pajamas. Yeah, and and he's trying to get he's trying to hold on to Milhouse and reach for the comic at the same time. Correct. Yeah, and so 
anyways, uh, Millhouse, he's, he's, he sort of has this bargaining mo- moment, Bart does. He says, Millhouse, it's not that far to the ground. The rain's probably softened it up a bit. Uh, Millhouse is pleading, no, no, no. And then Martin and Mar- chimes yeah. in. <laughs> Poor Martin's sitting there watching all this go on. He goes, if you guys hadn't tied me up, I could be saving the comic right now. Yep. Um, so at any rate, uh, uh, Millhouse is hanging from the treehouse. Says, I didn't even want it. I wanted the Carl Yastrzemiski with those big sideburns. Uh, and then we get this action shot of the ripping of the pajama arm. Mm-hmm. And Bart chooses to reach with his other hand down to grab Millhouse, pulls him into the treehouse, and then goes for the comic. But of course, the comic flies away. Yeah, flies away down onto the ground. And we immediately get... <laughs> yes, this, this was a, a very funny sequence. Santa's little helper runs over, starts tearing it up, uh-huh. and then lightning, lightning strikes, strikes it. 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 It falls into a mud puddle uh-huh. first. Yes. Yeah, and then Santa's little helper eats it, and then the lightning strikes it, and it becomes it's just blown to smithereens. Just so, it's, just so we're clear, this comic is thoroughly destroyed. It is, <laughs> as the kids say, fucked. Oh. Um, <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so uh, at this point, Marge comes up the ladder again uh-huh. in her very tall raincoat. Yes, she and uh, that's got to be a uh, that's got to be a bespoke raincoat. <laughs> yeah. So she, yeah. Well, just like the the dryer at, that's right, at yeah. Jake's unisex hair salon. Um. So or is it hair palace? Hair palace. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh. So, um. She comes up to tell the boys that they need to come inside. And so she's like, okay, uh, you know, you have to come inside. And they don't really want to, but she she gets them um, she gets them down out of the treehouse. She says, you can play your little tie-up game inside. Yeah, I've got some cocoa on the stove. Mm-hmm. Who wants imitation marshmallows? And they all do. And they, so. Yeah, they immediately become kids again. Yeah. I do, I do. Yeah. Uh, and Martin uh, chimes in last. I'd raise my hand, Mrs. Simpson, if I could. Yeah. So then we cut to the next morning and all is well in Springfield. Uh-huh. The lighting of this scene is weird. I don't know if you noticed that, but it, it looks as if it's supposed to be very early uh-huh. in the morning, like kind of like yeah. just after dawn. Um, anyway, that's something I noticed. Did, Homer is getting into the car. Did you notice Homer's license plate? It says simp on it. S-I-M-P. Yep. yep. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, oops. Oh, pick it up because I just lost my spot. So, uh, Homer, uh, the kids are out in the yard. They're trying to place together the comic book. Uh, Martin says, it's no use, fellas. Another comic book has returned to the earth from whence it came. Mm -hmm. Uh, Bart says, we worked so hard and now it's all gone. We ended up with nothing because the three of us can't share. (laughs) And Milhouse says, what's your point? And Bart says... Oh, nothing. It just kind of ticks me off. <laughs> so yeah, and then we we get this little bait and switch of the lesson here, right? Yeah, yeah. So then we pan up into the trees, and there's a bird building its nest out of the comic book pieces, mm-hmm. and we see the um the last tile. Yeah, the, the last uh frame tile frame box of the of the I book of the comic book. Yeah, yeah. panel panel. That's panel? what I was thinking of. Huh. Um, and it says, "Well, the world is safe again, but." For how long? The and, end. Yes, zooms in on the the end of the uh, mm-hmm. of the bottom right of the square there, and credits. Yep, cut to credits. That's it. Okay, so uh, we already said that we like this episode, yep. but uh, let, let me hear your thoughts on it. I 
liked it because it was a Bart-centric episode that did not involve school, Mrs. Krabappel, Skinner, what have you. It uh-huh. was kind of more of like, this is what a kid is doing right now. Yeah. Um, and I, I like the dynamic, obviously, between him and Milhouse. But I like when Martin's thrown into the mix because he just kind of brings something different to the table. Yeah. Uh, you know, Bart, depending on the episode, is either very popular or not popular. Right. Uh, but, you know, Milhouse and Martin, their characters remain consistent. Mm-hmm. Uh, save for Bart the Genius, I think. Isn't it Bart the Genius where he and Martin uh, yeah. team up? And they're, it, yeah, they're kind of more adversaries in some other episodes, but in this episode, they're they're friends, but they're yeah. not like best friends like Milhouse and yeah. Bart are. Um, I... Uh, uh, so I, I really like that dynamic. I like the uh, I just like the three kids together. They were fun, mm-hmm. like you were saying there. I also really like, and, and we hit this point so hard so often that we see good relationships uh, between the family members, right? Yeah. And the better episodes involve good relationships between the family members. Right. But in this episode, the relationships between the family members don't matter as much. Right. We get way more Bart and Lisa on the front end of things, mm-hmm. and that's. I yeah, enjoyed and, that. Like, Lisa's only in the first... Like, you don't see her after the comic convention. Yeah. Or, like, Krusty Burger. Yeah. That's it. Like, she's she's gone. Um, Homer and Marge are definitely secondary to what's going on with Bart. Uh-huh. Um, not that that detracts or adds to the episode, but I think that that has something to do with it as well. And having Bart kind of as a protagonist is a nice change of pace because we haven't seen that in a while. Yeah. And it's not about him getting in trouble. It's about him. Let me rephrase that. It's not about him getting into trouble with an authority figure. Uh-huh. It's about him navigating the world as a kid in this universe. Uh huh. And then, uh, and, 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 you know, he, he, uh, he has a goal, right? Mm-hmm. And he realizes he can't achieve that goal on his own. Mm-hmm. So he enlists the help of his friends. Right. And then they very quickly fall prey to human tropes, right? Right. Greed and right. paranoia and yeah. the likes, and the like. And so uh, I appreciated seeing that uh, against the the characters of Martin and Milhouse mm-hmm. uh, with Bart, who in general uh, in this episode is of good intention and right. tries to take the virtuous path, and and. And, and succeeds. They succeed, but, but they also fail, fail. at the yeah. same time. But they fail at their own undoing. They don't fail because someone took the comic book away from them. They fail because they started fighting yes. and all that kind of stuff. They, yeah, they fail because of their character flaws. Yeah, uh, which is enjoyable. It makes for. Yeah. I mean, it makes for a dynamic scene. And, and, I mean, yeah. Mm-hmm. This also rang true to me too because I definitely like had something I wanted as a kid and you know, I didn't have the money for it and nobody was going to buy it for me. So I was like, Oh, I'll do little chores. Like I'll charge this much for this, like for picking up pine cones in the yard or this for, you know, washing your car, Uh stuff like that. It just kind of like, it rang true to my childhood as well. Yeah. Um, so I liked it that for that as well. A nostalgia factor factored in. Uh-huh. How many times can I say factor? factor. <laughs> <laughs> the nostalgia factor was high. Let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. You might even call it a nostalgia factory. Yeah. Uh, uh, Just uh. cranking out that. 
cranking out that nostalgia. Uh, all right. Well, you know what? I'm pleased. I'm I'm so happy to have had uh, this. What well, I would I would consider a redemptive episode after last week's War of the Simpsons, which yeah. I just did not like at all. Ah, that's not true. Not at I all. I liked it better than you. You did. you did. Yeah. yeah. Um. But I just I just didn't like it uh all that much. But this one I thought was very very good. And we have next week to look forward to, which is the last episode of the season, Blood Feud. Dun, dun, dun. And, I, don't, I don't know anything about it. Uh, you do know one thing, I'm pretty sure, because I'm pretty sure this is the episode where Homer sends the letter to Mr. Burns, and he walks up to the... Uh, in, he walks up in the post office and says, Hello, my name is Mr. Burns. I believe you have a question oh, for me. Oh, okay, okay. And the clerk says... <laughs> Okay, Mr. Burns, what's your first name? And he goes, I don't, I don't know. know. Okay, okay. <laughs> Got uh, it. So anyways, uh, we are looking forward to next week, and we hope that you are looking forward to joining us as well. If you'd like to, we would love it if you would please hit that subscribe button so that you can join us every week. We release new episodes every Wednesday at 7.42 a.m. Eastern Standard Time as we continue to make our way through the series. And hey, two weeks from now, guess where we will be? Season three. Season three with Stark Raving Dead. Yeah, we gotta find it. Uh, I'm sure, yeah, you'll, you'll, as you said before, I'm sure that we'll be able to find it without yeah. without issue, but we won't be able to watch it on Disney, so uh, that's going to be an unusual thing for us. Uh, mm-hmm. I imagine we'll watch it. I think we'll, I think we'll be okay. <laughs> yeah, I, think, I, think, I don't think we're going to have any real issues. Um, but that being said, as we continue to make our way into season three, we're very quickly wading into what I think most people would consider to be the golden years. So... Oh. But not the Wonder Years. No, not the Wonder Years. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. Fred, Fred Savage, I don't think, returns for a while if he does return at all. So, no. Um, that being said, make sure, again, that you're hitting that subscribe button. And hey, if you would do us a favor, make sure that you rate us on whatever platform you're listening to this podcast on. We sure would appreciate that, especially if you rate us the highest rating. And make sure that you're following us on our social media. We are on Facebook and Instagram at Escalator to Nowhere Pod. We are on, Inst- uh, on Twitter at Esk to Nowhere Pod. And you also can send us an email if you would like. We would love to hear from you at escalatorsnowherepod at gmail.com. That's right. Uh-huh. All right, y'all. Well, we are going to uh, sign off here, but we sure are uh, appreciative and thankful for everyone who has been showing us all the love and support by way of our memes and by way of our a podcast here and thank you so much for uh not only giving us uh sharing those likes and or giving us those likes and shares but also for telling your friends about us that's really gone a long way here in recent weeks so uh we are gonna like i've said this but we're gonna sign off now so until next week i'm robert i'm caitlin and i am a season simpsons fan and i am learning and we're looking forward to the final episode of season two next week blood feud until then smell you later Bye.